Welcome to Geeksploration Creator Corner. We are joined today with a Sacramento local creator and uh, an old buddy of mine and sometime collaborator, uh, Eben Burgoon. Yay! Hello, everybody. Eben is the uh, the writer and creator of such projects as Eben 07 with uh, Dan Bethel, uh, B Squad, Soldiers of Misfortune with a, uh, a whole bevy of, uh, well, mostly Sacramento talent. Um, and now the new book that is that has just come out, Kickstarter success, Tiny Wizards. Yeah, Tiny Wizards is awesome. Uh, I'm really excited about that. I collaborated with um, an illustrator in the UK named Dean Beatty, um, and we put that out like during the pandemic while all the things were going on. That was like our production mode. It was really uh, it was nice to have as a like thing to do, but it was also like. Lots of things are happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can get to that today. Kind of an kind of an <laughs> overwhelming year and a half there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, he had a baby uh, and they had to move. So on his end, he had a lot of things. My experience was mostly like just crying on the corner of the couch and being like, "What is the world?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I did have other things that were going on. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm holding Tiny Wizards in my hand as we speak. And this book is gorgeous. I mean, it's it's starting with the with the. I mean, it, it even feels. Yeah, nice. it's got that nice smooth cover. Yeah, like what, soft touch feel. What, I yeah, love yeah, what's that. that called? What is this? The, this? Uh, it's it's uh, called soft matte lamination. Oh man, I need to get in on some of this. I love it when books have this. <laughs> I always try really diligently to make sure that the books that I put out, um, you know, because when you're you're kind of on your own, you're independent uh you know the margins of like making a book special are are really hard and you know you trying to make something that uh, i think is memorable and um and bookish and like you want to keep on your shelf is always been my mo when making these books so i i try to go a little bit like uh, probably overboard maybe even <laughs> <laughs> in my production of it um it's probably spend a little bit too much, but uh, you know, I think it ends up being worth it. Like, uh, and this is the kind of the presentation of tiny wizards is really what I really wanted to do for, um, the reissues of, um, B squad when Starburns industries was going to do all that. And, um, and that kind of just, meh. but, uh, I really wanted like that big Tintin yeah. prestige yeah. format kind of like feel for this first book, at least, um, because I think it's, it makes it special. It makes it, um, well, it makes it stand out. Yeah. You know, like, like there, yeah. there's, there's a billion different, uh, just little, little standard size floppy comics out there. And this one, yeah, it's mm -hmm. perfect bound. It's got the, uh, the fancy touch soft cover lamination that was the word and i mean it it is a it is a big gorgeous book and you know like like, like you were saying dean Beatty in um in the uk he is he's pretty yeah, pretty he's fucking stellar, um illustrator he so you know he's he's a very traditional artist he he hand painted every page oh really yeah um, yeah, it looks it looks original, originally, you know, uh, for time's sake, we were going to actually work with Claudia, uh, who worked with John on 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 uh, the two mm -hmm. B squad issues. And uh, he was really like, I really want to try to color all this and hand paint it. And I was like, well, why not? Let's yeah. go for it. <laughs> and and I think uh, uh, it's, it's just stunning. It's a stunning um, 
you know, his art style and I think the presentation of it all like really marries well with the uh, setting and the tone of mm-hmm. the story. Like it, uh, it, it's, uh, I mean, he was, he was at the top of my list, uh, for who I wanted to work yeah, with. Yeah. Cause his style it, so. is it, like, it looks a little bonkers and the story's a little yeah, bonkers. Exactly. So it, it meshes really well. Yeah. And, and the yeah. painted look also gives it, gives it, you know, uh, a little bit more of like a, like a fantasy credibility, you know, where, whereas it, yeah. it's not just like, you know, neon digital comic coloring like it 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 gives it it gives it a classic feel i feel like it has like almost like a a a smidge like not a lot but a like a smidge of that like kind of conan the barbarian like uh, i can't why am i blanking on his name yeah yeah like it has just a little bit of that tonal color to it um and i i you know we we talked a lot about like also trying to like really get in like really like weird vibrant colors occasionally too like the unicorn hair and like the the pinks yeah. and things like that to like kind of just have that um added like junk food uh cuz you know they always attack you with like really bright um saturated colors so trying to really get that to happen too and it just, i mean like it's it's crazy like i uh Sometime <laughs> I'm hoping that we, we we get together and do a podcast together because I think he would have a lot more insight into that process than I do because you know he was the one that was sitting in his studio uh, illustrating these. Yeah, things all speaking the time. of which, I mean, okay, we can all agree the art's gorgeous, but for now, fuck that guy. Let's let's talk about you. That, that's, <laughs> that's what we're here to do. <laughs> yeah, we should pro- we should probably lead off with like telling the listeners like, so what is tiny yeah 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 let's (laughs) let's let's get into the story let's get into the to the world you created okay um yeah uh so at the time that i thought this up i was taking a lot of drives down from uh sacramento to like la or sacramento to even like stuck going to like stockton but more more like seamless abyssal just a lot of those i5 um highway 99 calls down the central valley yeah 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 and you would drive by these little towns that all it was was fast food restaurants like you know you would go get a get some gas and it would just be burgers and (laughs) and you didn't know where those people lived or what it was like one of my favorite ones is uh it's like kind of outside of like gilroy-ish uh um what's the name of that little town uh, it starts with an H. I, 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 Hollister. Okay. It's outside of Hollister. Um, called Casa de Fruta. It's like a fruit stand and like everything's <laughs> named like Casa. De, so the Casa de Fruta is like the fruit stand. And then there's a diner that's called like Casa de Diner. <laughs> and then there's like a Mexican place. It's called Casa de Burrito. And then like, so all of the things are like Casa de something. There's even like a gold rush like thing that... Um, is like one of those like sluices, like where they like they kind of like helps to like mine mm-hmm. gold, and it's called Casa de Slusa. Like, I <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's like really like themed, and it's just this middle of nowhere truck stop thing, and you just don't know like how people are existing there. Like, um, so you know, the thought of I've always wanted to do a th- fantasy story, and I don't really know exactly what just went click. Um, but you know, I wanted to set something in one of these towns and it seemed like, you know, a tiny, I I love fantasy role-playing games. I love all that sort of stuff. And like, I think it was just like the, like the Lego fit in my head and, um, making this like bonkers cheeseburger thing. So, 
having, you know, little tiny wizards having their Game of Thrones like struggles to survive in at the size of French fries uh, inside of fast food restaurants in the middle of nowhere <laughs> um, and have it kind of also have this weird kind of tourist industry thing that it because like all of those little truck stop towns also have these like weird little like tourist trap kind mm-hmm. of things. So, uh, you know, kind of just marrying all that together and stirring it in a pot and then uh, ruminating on it and seeing what pops out. Um, and it, it's been a really fun project to develop. Um, honestly, it, I'm so pleased with how it turned out. And I think it's going in a direction too that I really am excited about uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun watching it develop over time because, you know, I knew the fast food angle and I knew the the tiny wizards and and uh, the uh, the derpicorn. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I didn't know about the, uh, the tourist angle. So I won't, I won't give away, you know, what happens in the book, but that was a, that was a pleasant surprise, you know, and, and to see that yeah. bit of world building there, you know, I, it's, it's going to be fun to watch it develop, you know? Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, the, the thing to me too, is that like, there's a, a banality to like these towns that even if something was super exciting, like there are actual little tiny wizards living in this village <laughs> that of course the locals would want to try to like capitalize on, on mm-hmm. that fact, but still yet it wouldn't be so exciting that it's like Disneyland. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they would just have like, you know, a guided tour of like where these things are and it would be a way to like kind of pass the time while you're getting your gas. Popped. Yeah. A little, little roadside uh, attraction. I really wanted it to be, you know, not that, I, that's how I look at it. Like, I just think like, you know, you have things like uh, the mystery spot, mm-hmm. right? Like you might get a bumper sticker. So people might drive, go through the gift shop, get a like, I believe in tiny wizards bumper sticker and like put it on their car. And you might see that in the world, but it would never be at the scale where like, um, like people would take pictures of it and post it on Instagram and that would be the end of it. Like it might get a bunch of likes, but like people wouldn't be like, Oh my God, I got to go see the little tiny. Yeah. Like that, that dinosaur rest stop, or I'm sure there's like, there's like a million, a million, like little Bigfoot, uh, gift shops. Largest ball of toy. Yeah. Yeah. They just kind of like, even though they're like super, I think they're really interesting and they're really exciting, but like, I think the way that they exist in our kind of like psyche, uh, is just like they're so transitory like they're just ephemeral like we, we they're like you're you're bored going from sacramento to la and it's like oh that was neat but now i gotta get to yep, my destination yep. <laughs> now now i got a couple hundred miles of nothing yeah yeah, yeah uh, and exactly. i love that you opened it to the the way the uh kind of how the locals you know deal with it or are are kind of mm-hmm. you know it, it's a bit it's just normal life, you know, like the, the drive-through yeah. worker kind of gets uh, assaulted by the main wizard guy. And, uh, <laughs> and, on, and in the end, he's just like, okay, that, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, uh, the, the one thing that I think is maybe under clear in the, in the first thing is that it's more that like, there aren't too many of the wizards that are powerful enough to affect the giant scale of, of the humans. I don't think that's a spoiler. But um, so like trying to make that kind of interaction, like I don't think the people are exactly afraid of them, yeah. but they're wary of them. Like I, I'm trying to keep that balance okay. uh, as yeah, best like, I can, because I, I don't think uh, I think that the, also the the wizards being that small, they would have defenses, but they wouldn't 
they would be more intimidated. Like imagine like just living in a world where, you know, it's like you're, you're not even the, like if we lived all in our world right now and there was just giant people yeah. <laughs> that could literally step on us and crush us um, day to day, like um, that would be, I think frightening and you would definitely consider <laughs> what do I yeah. do about that? Yeah. And I got the feeling um, like the, the people kind of view the wizards is somewhere between like uh, a curiosity and a nuisance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, they're, 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 they're not exactly a rat in a restaurant, but they're also not exactly, um, but you know, you'd also don't want to just like kill them all off because then the cool, <laughs> It'll ruin all yeah. of the economy of your yeah. Small it's, town. it's like they're they're not they're not hated as much as like a, a filthy rat in your kitchen, but they're not loved as much as like mm-hmm. a Cinderella mouse in your kitchen. Yeah, they're not. Like they're, they're not a talking yeah. dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what is the future of uh, of Tiny Wizards as it stands right now? Because I've got one. What is it like? Uh, forty pages, thirty eight pages. Yeah, yeah I've, like I've got one um, big gorgeous book in front of me, and it definitely does not end. You know, a story arc. So, so what, no, what's yeah. what's coming Our, next? Well, the goal is to make it kind of like a mini series, and right now we're kind of reaching out and looking for uh, a publishing partner uh, for it. So, I'd like to get you know, uh, having done the like creator owned thing for as long as I have, um, I think getting kind of a I think this book's so gorgeous and I think it's honestly my best, some of my best work and um, I'm very proud of it. So I, th- I think we're trying, like we're reaching out to a few publishers to just kind of see how that goes. And uh, we've gotten some early interest. Um, well, I mean, if, if I hadn't said enough about it already, like, you know, it, it's put together so well that like, it like as a, <laughs> as a pitch package for, for, you know, getting a publish, publishing partner, like I can't think of, a better way to do it like like not not just this cover yeah. that i love so much but even like the in, the inside <laughs> cover has fry designs you know the the credits section is designed to look like a like a menu you know like like it it calls mm-hmm. back to i mean the logo's got 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 a mcdonald's vibe but the menu reminds me of in and out and that you yeah. know, you've yeah, got exactly. all those different tiny wizards logos and you know your you you your branding game is on point here <laughs> I, hope, I mean i would hope so after all this time that i'm starting to figure that <laughs> stuff out but it, it is like uh i think where this book's at existentially is uh dean and i are both really excited about doing more the realities of making comics independently and trying to make sure everybody uh, eats and uh pays rent or whatever um, it's, it's a very difficult industry and I don't, I know you guys know that, uh, just as well. Like it's, um, it's such a grind. Um, I, I, I still am pretty fiercely independent, but I, I think I'm also realizing that like in order to kind of really get this book out there, especially in the environment of kind of this like weird, uh, pandemic, cause like, it just doesn't feel like, I, I don't think I'm going to do conventions <laughs> this year. I, I really doubt it, you know, and then having a new book out uh that i really want to get in people's hands and really i think it would it would it will do well um and and people will really enjoy it i don't know how to get it out there you know like most of most b squad and ebono 7 largely were word of mouth uh doing conventions meeting people face to face hand selling 
um, and building up, a, you know, an audience that that really liked both of our respective works. And, um, you know, B-Squad was really about trying to draw added visibility to all of the artists that worked on it, um, helping them get their first kind of paid gig in comics, even in some cases. And uh, Ebeno 7 was a webcomic that we were giving away for free and barely making uh, our table back yeah. <laughs> on our books. Like uh, there were some prints that like helped do that, but it was, it was all very, it's tough work. And I think um, that's that Avenue being kind of unfortunately, but also I think it's the right decision to that. It kind of takes away these, these uh, conventions. Um, it's really hard. Like, I think it, it changes the vector for that. And I think that is starting to make me feel like, well, maybe, getting that publishing partner. Um, Like what is the process or like, what what do you do to try and get in with a publisher? Like that, I'm not even really sure. Like, I mean, I think the gateway (laughs) is, you know, you either look for publishers that are open to submissions, um, get to know editors. um, That's another way, Um, you know, and hopefully the, (laughs) they look at your book and they're interested. I mean, having, I did a lot of work with uh, the Starburns industries things to like review, when, when I was working with them to, you know, I was kind of like on their, like, I don't know what to call it. Uh, like a, like their, their council of, uh, what are we going to publish next? <laughs> uh, so I, I saw a lot of pitches and, uh, things like that. And, um, and, you know, was helping them kind of try to curate their, their line a bit. But, um, I remember, you know, the last I saw you at, at conventions before the, the whole pandemic thing, you were, uh, with Starburns. If you don't mind me asking, uh, what, what happened with, with, with Starburns? Cause that, there were some promising things for a while with, uh, with B squad and, um, and yeah, I mean, lar- largely, uh, B squad got picked up by, uh, Starburns in like 2019 ish. Um, a little, I mean, like the development of that, like, that's when they released it but the development of that we were doing that for for years mm-hmm. um and on it like the first pitch that i had with them um you know uh the founder of the publishing division simon uh he loved the pitch <laughs> and then uh i went back down to like uh you know talk about the kind of the details of it and at that point i think they were kind of on the fence about it and uh i pitched tiny wizards which then they were like oh yeah like that sounds cool like let's see what that is like and maybe we can talk more about b squad uh too and it was like a wonder con where another guy got into b squad uh having read it and he really wanted to push for it uh as like a a flagship but they they had been hit like and i don't think that this is really on them Especially not Simon. Like Simon's a, a TV development guy, um, but I, I just think like ultimately what, and I, I guess to wrap it up, box really <laughs> fast is that it just things things just didn't really land. Um, by the time the pandemic hit, like it was pretty clear there that, that we were having trouble seeing any support for um, from the publishing division um, for the book, yeah. uh, and. It just made very uh, clear to me that, um, you know, as far as like a partnership, uh, things were kind of at a place where I felt I was feeling like I'm putting in a lot and getting yeah uh, very little back. So we, we've we mentioned B-Squad, Soldiers of Misfortune, um, 
several times throughout the episode. Yeah. So that that was a series that you had before. Um, that was sort of a a parody of the A Team that had a had an awesome gimmick where in every issue a new character was introduced and a character would die. And I had the pleasure of of illustrating two issues from the first volume um, of that. But mm-hmm. one, so one thing that I that I've always loved is your dedication to making sure the artist gets paid. Like that was something that I yeah. just I appreciated and I respected the hell out of that. <laughs> that it was just like, you know, and and it, it also informed the way I work too. You know, like when I when we were searching for colorists and stuff too. Like it's like I'm not going to ask for for samples i'm not going to ask anybody to do any work that i'm not willing to pay them for like i and and i i understand when it's you know a couple a couple of people who are collaborating and they want they're going to invest their time and and they want to do it you know but but like if you're if you're getting people to come and work on your project like i've i've i really again just loved and appreciated that that it was like no let's get you paid because i'd only you know that, like like you were saying earlier, for some artists it was their first paid published work. That that that's what it was for me. We've yeah. done some little self publishing stuff, some short stories, but that was my first full length couple of comic books that I'd ever drawn and been paid for, and it was yeah. fucking awesome. It was awesome. I mean, I'm I'm really uh, I'm still very proud of the work on um, B Squad and what it kind of I think did for a lot of the people that are in it. And like, if you watch people for, I would say like the majority of the artists that worked on B squad are now doing their own things, their own amazing things. And they also have carried that spirit of like trying to find either upcoming creatives or really reinforcing that like creative work is work that does need to be valued. And um, you know, Sean, Sean, who Sean Sutter, who was the series like kind of lead artist or kind of like the series artistic architect. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's gone on to make a, a let me put my dog back real quick. Yeah, I think Sean Sean became like like the the spiritual like B squad overall artist. Like like it, it started um with uh uh, Lauren, 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 Monardo, Grampray, Monardo, well, Nee Monardo, Lauren Grampray. Oh I'm going to say her name wrong. Lauren Grampy. <laughs> um, she, Lauren, Lauren lives on on the East Coast, and I met her through uh, Ebeno Seven, and she was like a storyboard and uh, artist, animation artist on the Venture Brothers. That's right. Actually, oh, um, cool. For a couple years with her sister Carly, and. Um, I think she drew like a couple uh, pages of like a guest comic for Ebeno 7. And Dan and I both just were just so in love with her work. And we even tried to like make a startup imprint together and do like all sorts of like work together. And uh, she was definitely like my first choice for working with her on, on B Squad. But it also, you know, she was, I think, also like one of those people who influenced me to just be very strongly opinionated about paying artists and making sure that their work is uh, valued and um, and that they are equally part of the collaboration. I mean, Dan, of course, too, like uh, I owe him a, a ton of, um, you know, that was definitely a project where neither, neither of us really... <laughs> Uh, paid got paid we we were doing that out of our creative love and discovering the medium together yep. um 
And I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, um, we're doing it right now. But I think that <laughs> yeah. idea, that, that's the example of exactly what you said, where, you know, two people have this kind of shared idea and choose to work on it as co-creators. Whereas with B-Squad, that was my idea. And I was the one running around going, I want to make this. <laughs> um, nobody else was like, I want to make this too. <laughs> um, so that meant I needed to pony up and find ways um and it really the first kickstarter uh did not go well it didn't reach its goal it was shy by a lot of not a lot but it was shy enough that uh it, it showed me that what i needed to do was invest in it myself i'm going on to kickstarter saying hey give me money <laughs> well maybe i should be giving money out too and so i paid lauren to i think draw like the first 10 pages and then we went back to Kickstarter just to fundraise for um, issue one. And we broke that goal. And then I was able to also fund uh, the issues that uh, I think the, at least the first issue that John worked on. Uh, and that meant that uh, I had two issues. And then so when I went back the, the third time. Um, I wanted to do a whole volume mm -hmm. of that and, and, and open that up to uh, get, you know, Sean getting involved and, uh, and then when we did the second volume, we had, um, you know, another another five different artists work yep. on that uh, creative teams, I should say, because not all of them did like everything. Um, but it was what was really great about that is everybody got a page rate that they kind of had set themselves. Um, I worked that into a budget and got the books produced and everybody could buy the books and sell them themselves and make money on B-Squad as much as they wanted to. Um, so it was really like this weird little co-op uh, in comics where, you know, we were trying, uh, what I was really trying to do was make it so it wasn't not a collective, but more like a co-op where everybody kind of had this stake in it where they, if it would succeed, um, everybody could well, and, and that, that was cool how the project evolves, you know, because it started with Lauren and then I think she what she got a gig and she just couldn't do it anymore. Right. Well, yeah, she was a, at the time. Like, I mean, she she of all of the artists I work with, I would say was probably the most like already established yeah. in a different career path. Like she had she had she had an animation job. She's an award winning animator now. Like she she works um for a company now that helps do like the animated gifs mm -hmm. and things for like instagrams and like social media um but she's she's a phenomenal animator and she's like a creative director for that company now um you know sean started his own tabletop adventure game um i think uh amanda who worked on uh, the second volume, volume. She's now uh, graduated from school and is like doing animation projects. Well, and and uh, you've got that John Williams guy that's that's built a <laughs> built a podcasting and comic book empire. Yeah, <laughs> John, you worked on two of those issues, and they were very found, foundational to to the story. Well, and I, um, I think that's also what what kind of created the uh the the evolution or you know that what it what it became as far as like giving artists their start and stuff because i think you know after lauren had to move on we had that two issue arc that you brought me in on but i think that's that's when mm -hmm. we when, when you realize like oh shit like 
you know, this this takes a long time to do. Also, you know, when when people are doing it on the, on the side, so I or it, maybe maybe I'm misconstruing it, but I but I feel like that that was like a oh let's let's get multiple um, artists involved. No, it, it had nothing to do with the time it was taking. I mean, like it was always um, a goal of mine, I think, to have it be multiple artists. I mean, even that first volume originally, Sean wasn't supposed to do two issues like you did two issues. He was just supposed to do the the wiener mm -hmm. dog uh hawaiian island adventure and another artist was going to do the uh james cameron parody uh rogue submarine one um and you know he just didn't feel like he could do it so uh, i asked sean if he wanted to do it and that that's oh, that's why that's that right that i'd forgotten um, about it that it was always a goal of mine to i think and i didn't want them to feel expendable but it, the idea of uh, of the artwork changing issue to yeah. issue I think reinforced the nature of the story, which was that um, it was this expendable, like there's kind of this controlled chaos going on uh, with the, with the, the plot of the story, as well as with, you know, the different artistic teams, you're getting kind of this different flavor. And we really, I mean, really, really, really badly. I wanted to have each of those books be their own book. Um, not collected editions yeah. like like they were i liked that they were collected editions but it, like and that that was for budgetary reasons the best way to present it but my my, my hope would, had always been to make them like those tintin books where it was like a different artist and then that way like john could be like well here's the two issues i did i have them on my table and I, you don't have to buy these other three in order to read the the the, the john ones but you could conceivably go to a convention and go around to each table and find, um, you know, a different Beast Blood book that you hadn't had yet. And um, that discovery was something I really, really was wanting, but it, it never really paid yeah, out. Yeah, I've, I've still got a couple of copies of uh, of issue number two in my boxes. It was yeah. fun. I, I got I, I was uh, in preparation for this. I was doing a little trip down memory lane and I cracked open the, uh, the first volume of Beast Squad. And it was interesting that... Sorry, I know I just told you the story earlier, Ben. That's fine. Um, <laughs> um, I was looking at it, and like the first few pages, I was just sort of like, "Oh, oh, oh, John, what were you doing? <laughs> like, oh, that car looks stupid. Oh, she looks stoned when she's supposed to look shocked." Um, on the big two-page reveal, and then I hit the page when they're when they're going into the the whimsical land that they go to. And all of a sudden, I was just like, "Oh, oh, hey, John, like, what are you doing?" And then, it, and then it all came back to me, like it hit me. I remembered I was I was drawing that page in the back room at Big Brother Comics, and I remember that yeah. that, that was the moment when, when I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I know what my take on these characters in this world is. And it was, it was like my artistic style evolved and changed into something that, you know, that like it, it definitely led me down the path to where I am now. And and then all of a sudden... Oh, I mean, I, that's so great. I'm, 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 I'm really uh, honored to hear that. I mean, I, it's it's... It's really tough to um, like being years removed, like you get like the little Facebook memories yep. and things yeah. like that of like all the different things. And it feels like it was wasn't that long ago, but at the same time, it was quite a yeah. bit ago. When these was it like seven out. years ago now or something? Something, something I like don't that. Know. Uh, yeah, something like that. And I, I still, you know, like everything, everything got really held into a holding pattern. I still really have ambitions to do volume three and um and beyond but um you know it's one of those things where it's 
been held in a holding pattern. I, I don't know how what the demand is for it anymore. And I also just, you know, there's other things that are kind of, uh, <laughs> I got to figure out with it too. But Well, the um, world needs to open back up and we need to get you back at conventions because that was something you always had was <laughs> a presence at convention. Your, your, uh, yeah. your B-Squad booths were always like decked out and like, like military and like plants and like <laughs> and like camouflage shit like like it was it was an uh-huh. experience and same things same thing when you were yeah. doing starburns with uh with like the pizza motif and stuff like you're you're a mm-hmm. presence at uh at conventions and i think i think you i think uh once Thank the world you. is in the right place we could we should get you back out there oh yeah i mean like uh with tiny wizards like i've got that fast food theme and and oh yeah um, I'm definitely gonna. Hand I, want a, that. I want a tiny wizard's <laughs> paper wedge cap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we, I'm, I'm planning on, 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 uh, on, on leaning into that pretty heavily. Um, you know, and, and uh, it's, 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 it's. That's I think the other thing that's really uh, tough is you know how much joy uh, it is to do those shows. It takes you know it's a yeah. lot of work, but uh, it is such a fun like when you can kind of create an experience like that and and people kind of come to your booth and they're like what's he gonna do now um it is it is really fun and it's not something i've always been able to carry to like every single show but um man it's it's something i miss i i definitely like conventions are definitely like um (laughs) i don't know how they're gonna do it like uh i think the way the world is right now um and how polarized it is even about something as basic as vaccinations yeah and, like when con crud turns into something that could actually kill you yeah um, yeah the, 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 the con <laughs> flu i don't is know a, what i don't know what it's, it's gonna look like I it's, really a, it's a leveled up con I hope, flu. I hope, yeah it's i hope yeah i hope that it's i hope they figure it out i hope that people start realizing that the stuff that's out there is it is dangerous and getting vaccinated. Like we defeated smallpox. Like why is this not? <laughs> like, like it should be really easy. And it's really shocking to even learn that it's like eighteen to twenty-four year olds that are predominantly right now the people who are um, hesitant. Uh, it's, it's well, surprising. you're invincible when you're that old. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what it's like. Uh, I think I'm I'm uh, I'm signed up for Stockton Con, and maybe maybe I, yeah. I I should start thinking about that, like taking a page out of your playbook about presentation, because I've always just been you know in Absolutely. in Artist Alley, and I've got my prints and stuff like that's all I've really done. But now that we've actually got a comic book to sling, like maybe I I, I need to start leaning into that a little bit more. And provide some sort of experience. I think, I think it's a it's a it's 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 a help, but it helps you stand out a little bit. Um, I will say that you know the work that goes into it. Uh, you know, you may actually <laughs> it may not actually be as effective as uh, there won't be know, an immediate obvious the, return on it. Yeah, yeah, like it it takes work. Um, I would say, like, you know, with something like Space Oddities, I do think you have, like, plenty of, like, rich minds for uh, experiential kind of uh, things, you know, like, you know, you can get custom, even just, like, getting stuff that, like, re-echoes the the product or the the comic Mm -hmm. book, like, you know, if you got, like, uh, bags to just put put the things in that have space oddities on it like the more that it's like branded and themed and on we need, theme we need to um, make inflatable blastomatics oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah exactly. i, I want to do like that, that so bad 
Um, okay, well let's yeah. uh, let's go ahead and uh, and promote your stuff because I mean ultimately I mean like like we we always love having a chat and we love talking and we love uh, hearing what you're up to and and uh, but. Let's um, you know, in lieu of conventions, let's get the word out let to uh to both of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, let, let's uh, where where can people find you and your stuff, and um, what all can they find? Um, well, the best way I mean, I have a funky funky name, but my website is my first and last name. You can also access it through uh, tiny hyphen wizards dot uh, com. It'll get you there. Um, or even bsquadcomic.com. Um, but uh, most of my stuff's available on the store. I am working uh, right now on trying to get stuff relisted on Amazon and some of the other things as much as I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, the gist is there you can, you know, you can get Tiny Wizards. You can still get some of the B-Squad books. Uh, I still have a few copies of uh, the uh san diego comic-con exclusive number one b squad that starburns put out um uh i i've been doing little zines uh, i actually was commissioned to illustrate a children's book amid the the pandemic about a davis turkey gone gone crazy um called uh, downtown tom <laughs> uh, i am gonna start illustrating a few things myself uh uh, I think about kind of my, my life and my crazy travels all over the world. Um, <laughs> that I still don't ex exactly understand why I get to do that sometimes, uh, or why people are so excited to have me go all over the world. Um, uh, and then, uh, I'm also planning on, uh, releasing a tiny wizards, like solo D and D adventure also, um, probably this summer, probably in August. I keep delaying it because I'm I'm slow. Sweet, yeah, we'll play it. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll jump back into D and D for that. I think I've I've yeah, it was, I think it's really fun. We we beta tested it with the guys I've been gaming with um, through Roll Roll Twenty, and it was it turned out really great. And I drew all the maps and um, stuff awesome. like that too. Um, are you currently doing any um, educational programs? Because that's something that I that I totally forgot to yeah. uh, to mention that that you know you you work with children um, in with comics creation and storytelling. Yeah, um, the the next one I have is at the um, Rancho Cordova Mac Center, so it's um, over by the I think they call it the Mill Station. Yeah. Some other things that I'm really hoping to do, probably more towards 2022, but uh, I'm still eyeing it um to try to do this year is uh more like decentralized kind of convention kind of stuff um there's a local brewery here that actually brews like a a tiny wizard's beer and the owner is a kind of a nerd like yeah. me or like us, I should yeah say. i mean that, that's, yeah that's new helvetia uh is it brewing company is that what it is? Yeah. Really? Yeah. New Elvisha's doing a Tiny Wizards beer? Oh, yeah. They did a B-Squad beer back yeah. in the day. And, like, I, I awesome. drew them into uh, an issue of B-Squad. Mm -hmm. like, like, the two yeah. arms. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. Uh, they, they've they've been a long-time supporter of, like, what, uh, what I've got and what I've been doing. And I'm even, like, uh, helping them, like, can the beer. So, actually, every four-pack of Tiny Wizards, like, I helped can it. It's really kind of cool. Um, but they're, they're, they're just, like, a really great local brewery, and they really want to uh, – I pitched to them the idea of doing, like, um, 
you know, like a comic book thing once a month where local authors and local cartoonists could kind of come together and uh, share their work. So, you know, hopefully we're going to have you guys out there for that. Oh, man, we'll have, awesome. um, you know, local creators come out and kind of do like a, a mini, a mini, mini con, um, but try to kind of build up sort of like a decentralized uh, comic convention. Cause we would, I would do this event at the Crocker called Crocker mm-hmm, con, mm-hmm. Uh, the Crocker art museums, like a great, this is wonderful. Um, you know, fans of John may may remember that John was like uh, featured on a few uh, interviews and stuff uh, about Crocker. Con, That's right. Yeah, those, those memories just popped yeah. up on Facebook from when you did the uh, the the gallery yeah. thing, and 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 I was on the news. Yeah, well, yeah like the Crocker put a, on a comic book show and a gallery, and we got to uh, have all of our like comic book art uh, involved in a art shows and how like it was really really cool um and you know of course like with the pandemic it's hard to know exactly how that's going to take shape again um but uh you know before i before the pandemic i was talking with them about trying to kind of reconvert CrockerCon to be sort of an anchor um or a foundation for a sacramento comic book week so like Sacramento has like a beer week, a bacon week, like all these other kind of like foodie <laughs> kind of things. But I was thinking if we did like a comic book week, we could ma- like pair comic books with different local restaurants, lo- local breweries, have the comic book stores get involved and kind of just do like a celebration of comics and the comic book arts for a week or so. Um, maybe even get like other partners involved, like wide open walls. So we have mural things and just kind of have these really cool events and like speaking opportunities and just kind of sharing the joy of like how big and vibrant this uh, comic book scene in Sacramento is, you know, we have podcasts, we have that specialize in like you guys, there's graphic novels, explorers club. Mm -hmm. There's, there's just a lot of stuff that are, I think really deserving of a highlighter. Um, And there aren't really too many avenues for that right now. Um, but I know that there's a lot of passion and love for comics out there. So yeah, Sacramento has a uh, has a good scene with 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 the local mm-hmm. arts, and and I appreciate all the work you've done in the past to to make all these things happen, like creating CrockerCon. Like that's that that's that's pretty nuts. I I, I really I mean I think one thing that's really uh, that I've really learned in doing these workshops is that there are two things that are very maybe uh, there. Are, there are a couple of things that are really important for comics to do better about. And, and one is, is, um, you know, uh, in, in the art world, comic books aren't, and, and in the literature world, most of those things like comic books, because they kind of sit in a, in a, in the middle of both those mediums. Um, they aren't exactly, uh, respected by either of those mediums broadly. Yeah. Um, you know, like kids at a young age, they'll get told comic books aren't reading, Every time I go to a workshop and I work with kids, I, that's the first question I kind of I ask who's reading comics. Almost all the kids will raise their hand and then I'll ask, you know, like how many of you guys have been told comic books aren't reading? And usually you'll see like about half the class, uh, you know, how about 15 out of the 30 kids will raise their hand that at some point they've already been told comic books aren't reading and they're only like in the fourth grade. I got to catch myself every once in a while because like my own kids, like they, they both re- like my daughter likes reading manga and my son loves reading mm-hmm. comic books. It's like, I'd like them to read some word books too. But, uh, but it's like, <laughs> right. hey, if you guys are reading 
you're you're reading. That's that's good. Like read well, what you read, read, reading yeah. is reading for sure. Um, you know, like the way that your mind works when you read a comic book, I think um maybe you're fed a bit of the like how this character looks and yeah. reacts, but the things that end up in the gutter, the between the panel, your your mind is imagining what's going on in between that, right? And that's not a small thing. Um, I also think that it's really important to remember too that like our first forms of communication, when when we were early proto man, uh, proto humans. Uh, you know, that was mom and dad going, hey, what'd you do today? And then like the kid being like, oh, my God, I went hunting and then like drawing on the wall. Like yeah. I did this. Now leave me alone. I want to go to my room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that 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 uh, hieroglyphics and cuneiform and all these kind of like pictorial representations are the earliest ways that we talk to each other as humans um, through through something through writing. Um, and, and creating a shared collective, like understanding of each other. And it only moved into, you know, uh, when, when a human society moved into like chapter books, if you will. Um, and we had, you know, romantic languages and, and things, it's still drawing, like you're just drawing a shape that we all agree on is the letter yep. H. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I find it really kind of, um, the reason that a lot of these kids get this pushback of like comic books are not reading are exactly kind of what you're talking about, Ben, which is that, you know, they start to get assigned chapter books. They start to get assigned homework that is, um, you know, quote unquote, real reading or whatever you want to, however it gets framed to them. And really what's going on there, in my opinion, is parents saying like, do your homework. Like you're reading a lot of these comic books, which, uh, and I really want you to do your homework. Like you got to read, you got to read some Mark Twain. You got to read some Shakespeare. Like you got to all be culturally informed, like do the homework. And then you can totally go back to your mangas. Like, yeah, uh, it's the same with video games, right? Like, you know, like if you have a video game addiction and you're really into video games, you still get a story experience out of it. But, you know, <laughs> you got to do your homework, too. Um, so I think often they get that from their teachers. They get that from their parents because, you know, it's like, I want you to also do this. Um, and it's just a they have a hard time framing that in a way that's saying like, well, look, that has mostly pictures in it. So that's not well, yeah, like, like my kids. I know uh, at their school, like they won't like they have to do a certain amount of like reading, but where they can read whatever they want, uh, except for comics like those don't count. Those don't count for their reading. It's also not fair to the children um, because, you know, if if the objective is to learn a story and walk through and under like what what what's the point of reading, even if it's Harry Potter or if it's mouse or if it's smile or sheets or blankets or um, whatever it is like, you know, the, this is about shared collective humanity and like what what another worldview, more more information about what it is to be human and exist uh hurts nobody um more often than not uh, i think there are qualifiers yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's but, an exception uh, to every really speaking like, yeah um only the sith deal in absolute truth. Um, <laughs> Nerd! <laughs> but uh i i just think that it's really important like when when we're when, especially when we're young to like uh get access to more more viewpoints and uh, comic books have this really um double-edged sword where like even like superhero stories can be 
just amazing with, uh, I think, social commentary yep. with um, they can be really rich with a lot of things. But then they're also treated like they're just popcorn, you know, like that they're just a snack and that there's not much going on there. Like I even just recently read um, there's a Bruce Wayne gets jury duty um <laughs> uh, i think it's a tom king oh uh, was Batman that the mr story. freeze one yeah, yeah it's a mr freeze one so like tom, tom king wrote this one where like batman like uh gets a confession out of mr freeze through a beating and bruce wayne ironically is chosen for jury duty <laughs> <laughs> and has to sit on the jury for and it's like 12 angry men where um uh basically bruce wayne's the sole holdout um for trying to let mr freeze off and has to convince everybody yeah. else that mr freeze has got to be not yeah guilty. i believe that arc was called cold days it was it had it had art art by lee weeks like for me personally like it got a little like kind of weirdly religious at the end but it was really good like it was really well written and um and what a great like little way to prove that I think these superheroes can kind of, you know, we always think that it's just like mindless punching. And I think there's like kind of this, you know, imagination for people that want to call comic books that are yeah. reading that um, it's, it's the same tired stuff. And uh, I don't think that's really true. Yeah. And, and, you um, know, Tom King specifically, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of his work, but he does do stuff that is out of the ordinary and is thought provoking mm -hmm. and is more than just, you know, bubblegum, popcorn, superhero punch mups. Yeah. So right, he right. should be appreciated on that level. I, I agree. Like I, I haven't read a ton of his work and, uh, you know, honestly, like the amount of, um, big two comic books I read these days is very low. Yeah. I mostly am kind of committed to being uh, reading more independent things, backing Kickstarters, well, and, there, and things there's like so that. much good uh, stuff uh, that comes out of those these mm -hmm. days. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just got. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've got uh, over the course of the pandemic, I, I really focused on that because I was like, some people are going to be DC and Marvel. They'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> um, uh, even Image, to a degree, you know, I think they'll be fine. Um, there's a lot of those uh, publishers that I think are are wonderful and are doing really amazing work. But uh, I really tried to focus my attention towards uh, independent projects. And we and 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 we, find... we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like I found this book, uh, Space Oddities. I heard about it. And uh, and then also uh, I, I found a Kickstarter uh, that I really liked that was uh, Helm, Helm Grey Castle. Uh, that they ended up, I think, getting picked up by. Top oh, Cow. I remember seeing that. Yeah, it's like a Mesoamerican He-Man yeah. kind of thing going on. It's really cool. Um, well, I really liked it. And and same um, here. Over the course of the pandemic and putting together our own Kickstarter, which, by the way, thank you so much for your advice because we came to you and had a, had like a a nice big yeah. talk about <laughs> you very, know pitfalls uh, and yeah. Um, you know, I've, I I started backing more of those myself because there's a lot of good, you know, like quality content out there. Yeah, really interesting yeah. concepts that you're not going to see other places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think, uh, you know, uh, the the one thing that is true of I think about publishers is that they're often pretty risk averse, yeah. <laughs> and Kickstarter 
eliminates that, right? Like, because, you know, if you can find the people that are into whatever you want to put out uh, and you can find your tribe, um, man, you can, you are your own, you have all the creative control. You can do all the things that you kind of have been daydreaming about. I think there are absolutely benefits to having editors and other people kind of like work on your work with you, but um, you're not going to get a no <laughs> yeah. from what you want to do if you really want to do it. Yeah. Um, which I think that, that there's something to be said for that, like that uh, Kickstarter ha- and, and cause the internet has really enabled us to all explore uh, our creative desires in a whole new way that uh, I'll be forever thankful for. And so glad that I am alive at this time, despite all of the challenges <laughs> Uh, because you know I, I don't think i could do this without a thing like kickstarter i don't think even like an idea like a b squad if i pitch that to a publisher without it kind of existing would be like yeah we want to change artistic teams like every issue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's not yeah our, our, our space oddities are... book would be black and white and in a much smaller print run if it weren't for uh for kickstarter yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I think um, all the different tools that are available to you to on the internet to be able to like source and find printers and, um, you know, even to go find collaborators. Like I don't, without the internet, there's no way I would have seen that. The drawing that inspired me to reach out to Dean was a commission that he did. That was really like, it wasn't like a crazy one. Like he does some really crazy ones, but the first one that really got me to click follow on his Instagram was, uh, it was the captain from captain Haddock from Tintin, like boxing with captain Quint from Jaws. (laughs) And I just really liked that. There was something about it that just like, I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll follow this guy. I look at over his other work. I really like it. And, um, and as I started to see some of like his, uh, style like and i had tiny wizards cooking i was like this is the person for this and i'm so glad he said yes because i uh, it's a it's a good you know, matchup. I, was, I was originally doing tiny wizards as like kind of like a instagram doodle comic for my my own self um kind of something to do while i was trying to figure out what the future of b squad was with with starburns and um you know, he, he was the perfect person. I can't think of anybody that I would have. It was a dream come true. That's all I can say. Um, so let's let's uh, let's roll through one more time and let's let people know where they can find you and where they can buy your stuff. And um, and yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think the probably the easiest way uh, on a podcast to 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 get to, to tiny wizards would be to just go to the Internet and. uh type in tiny hyphen wizards.com and then that will get you to kind of like the the get issue one page uh on my website um my my first and last name is my my website that's how you can find out about local educational workshops and kind of events that i'm doing i'm still doing like virtual uh workshops with libraries and other things Mm -hmm. every now and then um evanbergun.com is my main website and then on like social media i think I need to like make it all one thing, but I, I still haven't done that. I think on Twitter it's Eraser Nubs. Okay, yeah, yep, I remember that. <laughs> on Instagram it's Burguni Tunes. I always liked Burguni Tunes. 
anyway, you can find me. I, if you know my first and last name and you just type that into Google, it yeah, will turn yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> All the things will turn up. I, there's only one Evan Burgoon, as far as I'm aware of, in the whole world. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, put, which has good and bad. Yeah. I'll put some links in the show notes, too, so people don't have to try and figure out how to spell yeah, it or anything. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's a it's a funky name, but you know the the uniqueness of it does make it pretty easy to index. Yeah, on yeah. There's there's a couple John Williamses around. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're not quite top result yet. No, you don't no. say. <laughs> but it's I, I I do appreciate the anonymity because uh, you know Google's a a scary thing. If people want to find out information about you, so if somebody's like, ah, who's this John Williams <laughs> yeah, right. fucker? Like they're gonna have a hard time finding me. <laughs> yeah uh i i uh, i i recently uh i don't know how i learned this i think it was through a quiz about nicole kidman that we were doing but uh, like sometimes you mine on wikipedia and you find weird little mm -hmm. fun facts but i guess nicole kidman's husband who's like a country yeah. musician um i can't remember his name keith um, urban keith urban yes I, thank I you i don't know that so some artist uh, named Keith Urban has keithurban.com and Keith Urban sued him to try yeah. to get the website. You can't do that. And lost, yeah, of course. Because right, yeah. <laughs> that's like not no, how you that pay works. Him lots of money. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like you could offer to buy it. And if he says no, like that's a no. Or you can increase the amount of money you yeah. offer. Um, but yeah, apparently, like there was a big lawsuit where he just tried to like grab this artists this other artists uh, website um it was very strange uh, reading <laughs> this like article like why would you do that <laughs> it seems really trolly it, it seems like he's got a lot of yes yes people in his posse no, it, it reminds yeah. me if you yeah like yeah just go get him we'll we'll, we'll got your back you got lawyers i'll bill for that it, it reminds me of <laughs> like if you go to nissan.com it's it's basically a uh -huh. fuck you Nissan page because some guy with the last name Nissan bought Nissan.com years ago. <laughs> and the car really? company's been trying to sue him out of it and fucking screwing him over for years. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't stress enough. Like, I'm so glad I bought EvanBurgoon.com because it's like at least, uh, I mean, I don't think there was much competition to get that, but. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Maybe the other Eben yeah. Burgoon will become really famous and sue you one day. I wish that I had got Eben.com, but some somebody else got Eben.com. Like, I think way, somebody way just wanted like Even.com and spelled it wrong and didn't notice it because <laughs> they're so close together on the keyboard. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I know people misspell my name often, so I, I do wonder like how many how many Google Google searches for Evan Burgoon end up uh, getting to my website or not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Or even spell it weird. My my uh, I got a good story where my my I I I think my my uh, mother-in-law, my step I guess she's my stepmother-in-law. I don't really know whatever it is. Um, she <laughs> early in my wife and I's relationship, she sent us uh, Christmas presents, and she misspelled my name as Bavon, which was like B E V O N. Whoa, um, <laughs> that's not even close. Yeah, that's I was, I was I think that's my favorite misspelling. Wow, was, that's a good one. Oh, but she she knows my she, name now. I was just like an early miss early, early. She's mistake. like she's like I know she's there's V's and B's in there. Where where is it? She's like yeah. Bevan. Okay, yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, that works. It reminds me of that uh, that skit from the state where it's like Barry and Levon, um, and they like the two hundred and forty dollars worth of pudding, and they like they have like a big tub of pudding that they're like kind of like getting like like lounge lizard Ugh. with. It's very strange. <laughs> 
$240 worth of pudding. I, anyway, somebody will get that. <laughs> they're really going to appreciate it. Like, I get that reference. <laughs> it's, it's like when I, when I do a Rocketeer print, I'm like, not everybody's going to want it, but the but the people who who, uh, <laughs> who appreciate it will really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I just I, I think the Rocketeer like had an anniversary recently. I don't even want to say the number out loud, but it had an anniversary recently, and I was like, oh, you son of a gun. I didn't want to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. That thing's 30 yeah. years old. Blah. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My childhood was not yeah, that yeah. far away. <laughs> 20 years ago was still the 80s, damn it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank okay. you so much for coming on and chatting with us today, Eben. Um, I, again, yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked for uh, for Tiny Wizards and to see where it goes. And it was fun taking a look at B Squad. And um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah, of course. It was great chatting with you guys. Um, uh, anytime, it's always a pleasure. And I'm excited to see you too. Like, uh, I, I hope that we can do some of these like little local events together and and get some you know opportunities to get your guys's book out there too because that's really important. Yeah, <laughs> I, cool. I, I will. I will I not turn fun. that down. Woo! Oh, oh, Evan, do you got stuff on? Are, are, are your books on like Comicsology or Drive Through Comics or any of those places where people can buy them digitally? I haven't done. Uh, I did Comicsology before. I've done Comicsology Submit before. I had B Squad on there. Uh, I pulled that uh, when because I think Starburns yeah. was going to put it through their publishing arm, so I pulled all that off um, of Comicsology. But um, I know. Most of most of what I do, I try to kind of keep it all in my little tent post. I don't have too much of that like out to Amazon. Um, I'm going to try to do that. I get the barcodes, so I might as well. I was trying to get it to. Um, there's like an Amazon indie Amazon thing called Bookshop.org, which like if you can get your book into a local bookshop, and then I think that they can then list it on Bookshop.org. Oh, mm. interesting. And then that way they kind of become the person that fulfills that for for you i guess so uh there's a local bookshop that i feel like i have a pretty good in with that uh, i'm going to try to talk to them about trying to get that i i it's such a thing like i i think amazon they they take a big percentage out of your your uh, pie and by doing that like by having it on amazon it does open up like kind of this legitimacy to like press and to because all i have to do is share the amazon link they don't want to have to like share ebenbergoon.com they want to share amazon um and that has this like kind of like legitimizing effect that then can be very beneficial so i would say yeah it's good to get it on comiXology it's good to get it like even if you don't sell a lot through that and even though it takes a ton of money off the top um there's a legitimizing effect that it has just by listing with it Um, that's really important um, or not. I mean, like I, I still list my PDFs on my website. So if an international reader wants to go get it, like I just did a maker fair in Cairo virtually cool. and I had multiple readers from overseas come get the book um, as a PDF. And I can, I can make my own promo codes to like kind of help make that easier to afford and stuff too. So I, I recommend like definitely do that because then you kind of can control it. And then we might as well list it there too, because yeah. why not? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, everybody, go buy 
Evans Evans <laughs> book. <laughs> I thought that was off the tiny <laughs> tiny friggin' well, we didn't wizard. wrap it up though. What's up? <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, we didn't actually wrap. Like, oh put yeah, a end on it. Yeah, we didn't do the full <laughs> thing. Um, you guys have a lot of editing to do. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> probably not much more than than normal. I just got to okay. make sure I'm working on the comic and putting in at least as much time. <laughs> and, yeah, you, and yeah, so you keep drawing, like I'll keep editing. Yeah, uh, yeah. When when we were doing uh, Space Oddities number one, like I, I used to edit the show, and it, and it was just like, man, like the, the, it's it's too much trying to do the comic and the and the editing and the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine. I know when uh, when we were doing Ebeno Seven. Dan was doing the editing on the full disclosure podcast that we kind of like had going mm -hmm. for a while. And I think he's, he, I don't know if he's the one that's doing the edit. I'm assuming he is because he does, he's just like a work engine like that uh, on, on their all intents and purposes podcast. I would guess that he's probably the one behind that too. It's crazy though. Like it's crazy amount of work. Like I can't imagine. Like yeah, it, it, it takes up work. time. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> another another edit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should stop no, talking no, no. Here, I'll, 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 I'll close us out just to, or we'll, we'll close the show out just so so um so we don't have to worry about it but thank you eben once again and thank you listeners for joining us today uh, if you want to find us on the social medias we're on facebook geek exploration the podcast page instagram geek exploration podcast twitter at geek explore pod you can email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com or you can call us at 916-ORC-TURD that is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D uh, let us know your thoughts and feelings or uh, come for some advice, suggest a topic for the future, anything yeah, and if you enjoyed the show uh, consider us Consider us giving a review. Uh, <laughs> consider giving us a review uh, on Podchaser Apple Podcasts. And uh, our theme song, as always, uh, is... Oh, what is it for this? No, actually? this one's like the Masterpiece Theater oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. It's do we ever notes. close out like this on the Creator Corner? I have no idea. We, <laughs> we only do it like once a month. <laughs> but if we do, it's there. Yeah. We recorded it. We're professionals. <laughs>